Welcome back to the Wasatch Brothers Real Estate Podcast. Welcome back to the Wasatch Brothers Real Estate Podcast. Uh, we're bringing you episode two, and we have a great guest from U.S. Title here to teach us, educate us, entertain us, make us laugh, uh, hopefully a lot of other things too. But um, her name is Courtney Goff, and she was born and raised in Nottingham, England. Uh, she moved here when she was eight. and she most of her family is actually still over in England and she started in the title industry as a part-time receptionist six years ago and has advanced to an escrow officer um and she's actually one of the youngest escrow officers in the business right now um she's excited to build her clientele and career even further and she is also married with two kids one boy and one girl and How old are in they? West Haven, Utah. So my daughter, Peyton, just turned seven. My son, Beckett, is two. And they are polar opposites. My two-year-old <laughs> is so wild. I'm not used to it. <laughs> oh, Your girl's funny. a seven-year-old? Yeah, she just turned seven. She's my bestie. That's how my daughter is. She was. She's turning three, and then my son's turning one next next week. And he is crazy. Dude, wait till he turns two. (laughs) (laughs) I swear he turned two and it's like everything changed. (laughs) The day of, the hour of. Seriously, he woke up and I'm like, I don't even know who you are. You're wild. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Yeah, we just had our second. So we have a two and a half year old and then our second. He's literally two weeks old today. Oh my God, congrats. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I don't know what he's going to be like yet. Our daughter is super wild. She's super oh, wild really? and like, mm-hmm. and like, like she's really good, but she just is hyper. She's hyperactive. Yeah. So she has tons of energy mm-hmm. and, uh, I don't know, I guess we're prepared for it. If he is that way, it would be nice if he was a little more calm, but you know, if he's I the same, know. then I guess we don't know. Yeah. Sure. I know we joke if we would have had our son first, we're like, <laughs> we may have stopped at one because he gives yeah. us a run for our money, but no, that's they're us awesome. too. Well, Courtney, so, let's let's jump into things. Uh, how, was the introduction good? Is there anything else you wanted to add to that? Maybe tell us more about yourself. No, that's that's pretty much it. Work and play, and spend time with my family. That's that's my life. Awesome. So, how long have you been an escrow officer? So, I've been an escrow officer full time for almost a year. I assisted for a super busy escrow officer for like five years and I've been licensed for three and a half years. So I would do backup closings and things like that, but oh, cool! on, on my own for almost a year. That's fun. Has it I been love fun? It. I love it. It is so fun. And like every transaction is different. Every situation is different. Like there's never a dull moment. Something's always going on. I love, love meeting new people. Like, and yeah. I love having clients like return to me and people return to me and like, of course, word of mouth and like recommending people is such an important thing. And, and if you do a good job, people are going to know about it. Yeah. Yeah. How, yeah, how did you build your business in that way? Yeah. How did you build your business? Because uh, you said you're a receptionist. So did you meet people 
as you were a receptionist and you kind of had a clientele grow from that? Or when you started as an escrow officer, did you just completely have to start from scratch and, and grow your business that way? Yeah, I kind of had to start from scratch. So I moved title companies in August. So I worked for Backman Title for six years and then I came over here. So I kind of had to start from scratch when I came over here. But um, yeah, I mean, the receptionist over there, I helped all the different escrow officers. So I had a relationship with all of their clientele also. But when I came over here, I kind of had to start from scratch. And um, social media is a big thing, just meeting people, marketing. And it's it's been super hard because of COVID, because a lot of agents aren't in the office, lenders aren't in the office, they're all working from home. Um, so social media has been a huge thing, just reaching out to people, do you have any questions, you know, different posts, educating them on little things, title tips, just meeting people, you know, it, it, it's definitely different than it used to be because of COVID for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did. I did a little snooping around on your Facebook <laughs> you <did>. before this. <laughs> And I saw you list like a lot of properties that are for sale. Um, is that a way, is that, that a way, or is that the way that you get a lot of your business or do you reach out to agents and say, Hey, uh, do you have any listings I can list this week or, or what's the idea behind posting properties? I mean, just to I'll just be active on Facebook so people can see that I'm sharing listings. They're all just random listings. I mean, I don't really promote like a certain agent. Um, so if somebody shares a listing, you guys share a listing or any of my friends on social media share a listing, I'll just reshare it. So my name comes up, you know, other agents can say, oh my gosh, I didn't see this listing. I'm going to show my buyer this. So it just kind of helps everybody out. And then if they see my name, they might be like, oh, look, this title girl posted this. We'll send her the deal, you know, or. Gotcha. It's just getting my name out there any way I can to build business. So do you have access to the MLS as a, as an escrow officer? I don't. Okay. Nope. It's all social media. So what you guys share, I share. Okay, cool. So what Darren, is something that kind of like, um, I guess explain to us the process of title or to somebody that maybe doesn't know if somebody's listening and they're an agent, they kind of have an idea or if it's one of our friends and they're, they do some completely different industry. Can you kind of explain the process of what goes on on your end? Yeah, absolutely. So you guys, the agent, or if it's like a for sale by owner or an unrepresented buyer, whatever you guys would send us the listing or the signed contract or the lender, if it's like a refinance, they would send us like their title request order. So what we would do, we'd open title on it. We'd pull a preliminary report. Um, we check for judgments on both the buyer and the seller. We check for, you know, mortgages on the property. If it's a seller, we order all of the payoffs. Uh, we check for HOA. We check if it's in a trust. We check for any bankruptcies, um, special assessments on the property, water, sewer, garbage. That's all got to be paid up before we can transfer title. So we check all of those things. Um, And then we kind of coordinate with agents and say, hey, this is kind of how it's looking. You know, there's a first and second Utah housing payoff. That's it. Or there's HOA, um, things like that. Excuse me. And then we just coordinate with the lender if it's a purchase. When we're ready, they're ready. They kind of send us closing documents. Um, We do the closing. We do the signing. And then we'll fund the file. So just kind of depending on what time of day we do the closing, if it's in the morning, then we'll fund the file same day. If not, it will fund and record the next day. So funding and recording is putting the property into the new buyer's name and we'll disperse all of the money. So once that's done, everybody kind of thinks, oh, that's the end of it. 
but that's when the actual insurance policy is written is after that. So that's mm. when, um, so title insurance is insurance on the property. So you'd have a lender's policy for a buyer. So that protects the lender for uh, on the home that they're actually loaning on. So they want to make sure that it's free and clear. They don't want anything to come up. They don't want any unpaid HOA or any um, boundary line disagreements or anything like that. No judgments on their buyer. <clears throat> And then if it's a seller, we do an owner's policy. So that protects the seller from anybody coming out of the woodwork saying, hey, you guys owe us money or this was my grandma's house 20 years ago. And I, you know, I'm I need some of the money from the sale, things like that. So mm. it covers both ends. And lenders normally also require an owner's policy on the house. They want to make sure that both ends are covered. Mm-hmm. So okay. how often do you find defects in a title? Because I... Uh, I, so this is kind of a personal story. I was looking at buying a property on Elko, Nevada, mm-hmm. um, kind of like a campground and then an investment property. And I asked the sellers where they bought the property. And they said, oh, we bought it from a guy on eBay. So I did some research, research found the guy on eBay, actually found the price that they bought it for. And then I was like, okay, that makes sense. You know, they've had it for three months. I'm paying a little bit more. But on all of his properties that he offered on eBay, he he uh, had a general warranty deed. Mm-hmm. And now I know there's like special warranty deeds and different types of deeds. I started looking into other eBay sellers for property and they all had different different uh, deeds. Um, ultimately, I didn't buy the Elko property. I actually got some property through Darren up in uh, Bear Lake that we have. Um, so can you explain to our listeners if they're looking to buy an investment property or something like that, what the importance is with title insurance, maybe, maybe dive deeper into that. And if there's general warranty deed, special warranty deed, what are the differences between those? So honestly, a warranty deed is a warranty deed that just warrants title to the new owner. So they're pretty much the same thing. You just have to see if there were, because anybody can print a warranty deed. You can Google warranty deed. You can fill it out, have it signed, notarized, and take it to the county recorder's office, pay it 40 bucks, have it recorded. Anybody can do that. But you want to make sure if a title company recorded it, that's when you know there's actually an insurance policy that's written on that property. Okay. To protect it against like a past judgment of all the Absolutely. different things that you said. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, like I said, five different people can, you know, do a warrantied, 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 but if there's no insurance on it and then you go and sell it and use a title company, there could be all kinds of different issues on there. So what's the yeah, most like common, said, the most common issue that you guys find on titles or is there one? There's not really a common issue. Everything's kind of different. So it just kind of depends. Sometimes there's like messy divorce situations where attorneys are involved and, you know, they're fighting over money and, um, we've got to hold it in escrow until, you know, this, this, and this is done or it's finalized. Or, um, I had a file the other day and it was a trust and there was like six or seven different kids involved. And one of them had modified the trust three or four different times and it was an irrevocable trust. So it wasn't allowed to be changed. So every change they had made was actually illegal So those things make it kind of difficult, but there's not really like a common issue that we run into. Like I said, every file is super unique. I've got one right now and it was a mail out to Texas. They still don't have their documents because of the storm. I mean, there's lots of kind of things that we run into, but I mean, everything can be solved. Some things just take a little bit more time than others, but everything can be fixed. Right. 
Okay. Well, that's good to know. It's not super. I mean, I, I'm newer in the business. I got my license. The it's like stamped, I think June 30th. So I always just say the first of July. And, uh, and so I haven't had knock on wood. I haven't had any, uh, stuff come up. There was one where a guy, um, they found that he had some, they thought he had unpaid child support, but turns out that that had already been solved. And for whatever reason, the title company mm-hmm. that we were using didn't figure that out. And it was kind of stressful because we were supposed to close the next day. And then yep. I just get an email the day before, Hey, this oh, needs no. to be cleared. If we're going right. to go for, if they can go forward with it, you know? And mm-hmm. so f- fortunately it was all good and had already mm-hmm. been settled and stuff like that. But yeah, um, yeah hopefully it's not too common to have. Nope. To have so we always ask, I mean, a huge thing is like communication between title company, agent, lender, everybody, right? And we always ask that if you guys have a listing, send it to us immediately. So we can open title on it. If you guys have a signed contract, send it to us as fast as you can. So if there is any issues that come up, it's not the day before closing. And we're like, hey guys, um, there's a pending bankruptcy or they've got an RC Willie card that's $25,000 that's unpaid. Or, you know what I mean? Issues like that. So if you guys send it to us early, we can get that all figured out and there's no surprises at the end. So are you okay. saying as soon as an agent lists a property, it doesn't have to be under contract or Mm-mm. anything. We can send it to the title company and you guys can start looking at it. Yep. We'll open title on it. And then when you guys get buyers, we'll enter that into our system. We'll run a judgment check on those buyers. But yeah, as soon as it's listed, send it over to us. We'll pull everything. We'll let you know, like I said, Hey guys, there's a, there's two different, you know, payoffs hmm. on here mortgage payoffs. There's an HOA. We're going to contact them, get that cleared up. But yeah, the sooner, the better for sure. Especially if there's something messy on it. Yeah. That's that. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool because you could also put that, I guess, in your listing. This is, you know, this title is free and clear of mm-hmm. any, any deficiencies. And I don't know if that would attract more people in this market because there's already enough, but one yeah, day, true. I mean, yeah, I can, if you guys were to call me and say, Hey, is there, you know, do these guys have a mortgage on the property? Is there an HOA? You guys can call me and ask me that you don't even need, I don't even need to open an order on it, but as far as, Hey, does he have unpaid child support or, you know, right. things about the buyer and seller, I'd have to open and do a full preliminary report to find that out. But yeah, I could definitely find out without even opening an order, you know, yeah. if the property is free and clear yeah. things like that. Okay. Yeah, that's good. That's good to know. What other, so what other tips can people do to help you on your end? Is there anything Um, or is it just kind of, you just send over the order and you guys take care of it? Is there nothing that we can do as agents to help you guys? Um, a big, big thing that I've always, it's, it's always been big for me ever since I got in the industry is just communication. Like, just right out the gate, as far as like the order goes, I'll communicate with you guys. You let me know you know, the worst thing is getting to the closing table and you guys are like, not you guys, but if an agent were to say, (laughs) if an agent were to say, oh, you only have addendum one and two, there's six different addendums and the sales price has changed and there's $5,000 closing costs. And I'm like, I didn't know any of this. You know what I mean? Like that helps me out. And also it helps you guys out because if your commission is incorrect, we need to know that beforehand, not at funding. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, keep everybody in the loop. 
Um, like I said, just so everybody's on the same page, there's no surprises last minute. That's like the worst thing because yeah. it makes everybody look like we don't know what we're doing, right? Yeah, I would imagine <laughs> that would be pretty embarrassing on all ends. Just like, uh, sorry, we can't close on your house today. Right. We didn't know this. Like, we got to look like we know what we're doing. Right? You know what, Courtney? <laughs> I think that that is a blanket principle that could just be used for the whole entire industry is like all of my transactions that have been smooth it's it's everyone has good communication the lender the title company the listing agent or the buyer's agent whoever you're working with Mm -hmm. um that just a a good principle that should be applied to just everything in the industry it helps out it helps out so much yeah it makes the transaction so smooth and especially because In Utah, we do split transactions. So the buyer closes with a title company and the seller closes with a title company. That's not a common thing. Most states require you to close the buyer and the seller with the same title company. Right. That would make my job a lot easier if we did that because (laughs) we wouldn't have to communicate with other title companies and balance with them and say, hey, did you get HOA? Did you, you know, just whatever it may be. My seller's a mail out. Okay, well, mine's not like it's, it's definitely makes it a lot harder. So communication is such a huge thing. Why do you, why do you think that Utah is like that, where they don't have to have the same title company? And are there, are there states that you know of? I mean, obviously there are that you have to have the same title company. Why did Utah choose that way? Or do you know? I have no idea. I honestly don't, but Utah, it's only Utah. I think I'm trying to remember the other states, but it's mostly just us that do a split closing. Like if I have other states and, you know, somebody's selling a state or excuse me, selling a home in California and they're sending us the money or a lender from out of state, I have to explain that to them. Like, Oh, I have to coordinate with both sides of the transaction. They're like, well, what do you mean both sides? Is that going to hold this up? Is that going to make a difference? And I'm like, no, I mean, we do it every single day, but it does, it can be a little bit more time consuming on our end. Do you know what states are required to have the same title company? Do you know? I don't. Honestly, it's most states. Most states make you do both. Close both the buyer and the seller. I'm not sure which ones. I could let you know, but off the top of my head, no. I remember that being a question on my real estate exam. I don't know how they worded it, but I do remember, remember it. Well, Jordan, you're in Utah now, so you can't know (laughs) that need it. Separate title companies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can definitely close both sides. I mean, it's that's not uncommon for us to close yeah. the buyer and the seller, but most times, no, it's split closing. Okay. So, yeah, with cash deals, hey, with cash deals, I just learned this, Jordan. Mm-hmm. So, I didn't know, rookie mistake with a cash deal, you just <laughs> the same title company. Yep. The seller gets huh. to pick which title company. I sent out a title order with one just recently and I was like, I kind of felt bad. I'm like, hey, sorry, I didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're good. Well, never mind. Um, It's just that house in Harrisville. Oh, got you, got you. I thought it was Fruit Heights. Sorry. Mm -mm. Okay. Um, I had, I just had another question. Um, What, what is like? I I like stories and personal experiences because I think it helps them stick with me better mm-hmm. what is an experience that you have had as an escrow officer that could also be educational for us and and our listeners an experience hmm. or maybe just one that stands out to you that you remember that was a good relationship or or something 
Um, I don't know. There's not really any like particular experience, but like something that I've learned that I don't know, you guys can incorporate is like to be a chameleon, right? Like no matter if it's like a first time home buyer, younger couple, or it's like an older couple that is about to retire. I've had both of those and you kind of have to morph like your work and like your, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like your interaction with them has to be a little bit different, right? Like I've closed people when they're buying like their first house, they're super stoked. It's $150,000 They're super excited. Or there's like people that have closed that are like multi-million and they're like, you need to come to my office and close me. You know what I mean? Like I've closed like at Walmart, I've closed on hoods of cars. Like you have to be a chameleon and kind of, like I said, morph yourself into different situations. And I think that's important to anybody in the industry. You can close super wealthy people and people that are just starting out and you just kind of have to change how you do it. That's good. I have a question that I thought of. Um, Yeah. What can you, for people that are, um, agents or wanting to be an agent or get better. So you, you see a lot of agents. So is there anything that they, that the good agents do that you see stand out that you're like, Hey, that's a common thing that I see the good agents doing. Honestly, not to beat a dead horse, but communication. communication? Same thing. <laughs> I know, I know I've said it a million times, but it is so, so important. Like yeah. I mean, I don't want a buyer to have to call me and say, Hey, I haven't talked to my agent for a week. I don't know where he is. I think he's in like Powell. He's not answering his phone, whatever, you know, and they don't know what's going on. They don't know when closing is just communication and just being like personable. Like I said, being a chameleon, you know, just kind of morphing mm-hmm. how, like how the situation is, you know, Does that makes okay. sense. Again, I'm just yeah. repeating myself, but it's such a huge thing. No, yeah, yeah. I, I'm an no, that's insurance great. agent right now, and I think I think the same thing. Like communication's so key, and here here's an example that might help some people with learning how to communicate. Is I had a guy walk into our branch and need insurance on his home, um, and we have you know their home address, all their contact information. So I wrote him a quote up and everything. He's like, okay, that looks good. We bound the policy, and months later. Uh, I don't even know how he found out. He said, you wrote an insurance policy for my old home. I don't, I haven't owned that for eight years. And that was my fault because I didn't verify his address. And so he, he had bought a new home and didn't have insurance on it for a couple months, which if something would have happened, I probably would have been in a lot of trouble. Um, so yeah, just, just something as simple as verifying a phone number or email address, because if anything ever goes wrong, you need to be able to contact those people or Mm -hmm. make sure that you're buying the right home or insuring the right home. So I think, and if they're happy with you, they'll tell everybody they know, you know what I mean? Like that's such a big thing. They'll say, Oh, you're selling your house. Use the guy I used. He's great. He communicates well, super personable it goes a long way. So what, what to you is a driving force that makes you want to be successful in the title industry? And why, why do you stay in that industry? I love meeting people. I love hearing different people's stories. I love, you know, return clients. Like I said, like I had a, I did a closing yesterday 
and they were in their late thirties. And they told me we've rented for 15 years. We've been self-employed. We've tried so hard to get a loan. We haven't been able to, this is our first house. Super stoked. Like that was so, I love that. I love hearing their stories and I love every, like I said, everybody's so different and stuff like that just makes me love my job. Love stuff like that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love meeting people and, and it's, I think it makes it more rewarding when you build a really good relationship and you're able to help them and they help you in the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a win-win mm-hmm. and those can turn into really strong relationships that lead to more. And I mean, I think everybody likes good relationships. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, I love it. Jordan, I don't have much left on our uh, questions. There was one. I don't know if you were serious about it, but. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to ask that one. (laughs) Okay, Courtney. This is mainly Jordan, but you can can tell from what he's wearing. But when do you. You're a Lakers fan, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, diehard LeBron fan. I knew it. I knew it. So he's wondering when you see yourself becoming a jazz fan. So I've always been a jazz fan. So when we, yes. moved, to America, <laughs> when we moved to America, when I was eight years old, we lived at my grandma's house and she is, was a diehard jazz fan. She was always <laughs> watching the jazz. And I mean, I just moved from England. So I was like, well, this is super different. I mean, she loved the jazz. She passed away a few years ago. And my sister and I have always talked about like getting a little tribute tattoo of the jazz for her. Cause she, was oh, a diehard cool. dude. She loved the jazz. <laughs> well, if you need a tattoo artist, I have a friend that actually did my jazz tattoo on my ribs. Um, nice. So I could refer you. <laughs> okay, perfect. I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I'm still employed at my insurance company, so I have to go back. But uh, Courtney, what is a good way for people to reach you? Either Instagram, email, address, or do you want to do a little plug for yourself? Um, uh, a good way people can get in, in touch with you. Yeah. So I'm on all social media platforms, Courtney Goff, Courtney with a K. Um, my cell phone is 801-452-1688. Always available. Um, That's great. Like I said, I, I know, I know, I know, I know. Communication, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I work at US Title in South Ogden, but I've traveled all over the Wasatch Front to do closings. I'll go wherever I need to go. So. All my information is online at US Title if, you know, you can't reach me by cell phone, but you can. Great. Okay. Great. Yeah, I, I appreciate you being on. I know that I've learned something. Uh, Darren, I hope that you have too. And I hope that yeah, everyone no. listening has, has learned something. And if you have questions for Courtney or me and Darren, you can reach us, uh, either email or text us. We're on social media, Wasatch Brothers, Wasatch Wheeler, Wasatch Wilcox. Um, get in touch with us and Courtney I hope this is the start of a a great relationship and um, we can do a lot of business together for sure thanks for having me guys this was fun yeah anytime later okay okay bye guys you too